0: And now,
1: weighing in, out of the blue
0: corner, John the Pong Thompson, 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red
1: corner, Big John
0: McCarthy.
1: Nice. Well,
0: yes, I have finally made it back from Dallas, Texas. They let me go, even though they were starting to talk about putting me on the no-fly list because they listened to our podcast and said, well, your partner said you're on the no-fly list, so I got to check it out. You're a dickhead. Just so you know. Okay. I want you to know. I had people calling me saying, are you on the no fly? No, I'm not on the no fly list. It's not the TSA that's keeping me away. It's American airline is shutting down their damn flights. So I got stuck in two weeks in a row, got stuck in Dublin, Ireland, had to get a hotel room there, got stuck in Dallas, Texas, had to get a hotel room there. But that was a mistake because see, they had a flight. My flight was supposed to leave at 830. Then it was switched to 9.30. Then it was switched to 10.30. Then it was switched to 11.30. Then it was switched to one thirty. Then it was switched to 2.47 in the morning. Jeez. Who the hell takes off at 2.47 in the morning?
1: That's so great. I love <laughs> it's it. Called a. It's called
0: I... a I love the fact that
1: if people really thought you were on the no-fly list, you were just in Ireland last week. (laughs) Like, how did you get there, being on the no-fly list? Common sense, ladies and gentlemen. Common sense.
0: Common sense. But I am back. Yeah, I finally made it home. So it's uh, the funniest
1: part is everyone. I have CTE. What about the people asking you if you're really on the no-fly
0: list? I went. I told. (laughs) I said, look, let me ask you a question. Do have you ever listened to Josh? And they go, yeah. I said, what's his nickname? They go the punk i go hello he's the punk <laughs> love it okay yes, what do you I think love it. You know, i love it this <laughs> is great i've got to do
1: what i gotta do man when, when the what is it uh, called the, when the cats uh, away the mice will play gotta <laughs> do it I just
0: gotta have gotta put that you. bad information out there baby because as I'll long pick. as no one is arguing with it it's the truth
1: <laughs> yep if you heard it on the internet it must be true <laughs> it's one of those things right <laughs> I mean, hey, look, uh, before we get started on this whole show, though, I want to thank you guys so much for uh, listening to us, following and subscribing to us. So make sure you guys hit that subscribe button if you are not subscribed uh, to our podcast. We want to thank you guys. We try to drop shows. If you are new here, we try to drop shows as frequent as two, sometimes three times a week. Uh, if we have special stuff that comes up this week, right podcast, Dave? This mm-hmm. is one of two shows that we're gonna drop for you guys because Big John feels like he cheated you by not being here last show and I feel like I didn't give you my best. And so we're gonna actually do a special show for you guys and drop a full show uh tomorrow. The same time this show drops. No no no. If no, you, guys no, 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 refresh, no. you guys go you refresh you guys go refresh your feed right now, you're gonna see the next episode waiting oh, right there for you. There Hello. you go, mommy. There Boom. you go. See Instant as Gratification as much Instant as gratification, baby. In, as much as people talk trash about podcast Dave in the comments section, again, I just kind of shine it on. He brings you guys this stuff. This is, this was his idea, by the way. But, uh, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, hit the little thumbs up and the bell for the notifications. Because like we talked about when the Nate Diaz Chamayev thing came about, if you guys didn't hit that bell, you guys didn't realize that we dropped a special show on that Friday. Well, if you guys are listening to this show, that bell's going to go off because two shows dropped today. So also go to Wayne in podcast. Dot com, pick up some of our merch, and uh, we got coffee mugs. It's getting to be uh sweater weather, right? sweat is it sweatshirt? It's
0: Good hoodies, to have
1: hats, hoodies, and hats. Got them out coming, baby. They're coming soon. They're coming soon. And uh, I want to thank you guys so much. So, John, this this whole show, this show specifically, is going to be John doing his recap. So it's me kind of just sitting little back a little bit, a little
0: bit of Josh uh, talking still, a little bit of Josh. I think you guys, recap,
1: you guys got enough of me the other day. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a couple little, you know, things in there. and uh, big John, Yeah, Big John's going to really just come in here and take over, man. And, and I like to just be part of it so I can uh, throw some salt and some shade at John every once in a while and uh, let you guys, you know, and poke, you. Some, poke some jabs at him. Really? Hey, just, just a little bit? Just a little bit? I would never. I would never do that. Not, not to Big John. <laughs> I would never.
0: <laughs> All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna go first with the UFC and talk about Zhang Yan against Mackenzie Dern.
1: This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You guys, MyBookie.ag only makes you bet your winnings one time. You place your bet after you win. Whatever you have won, place that bet again, and then after you win that second time, you can pull all that money out. Okay, put it right into your account. A lot of these online gambling sites don't allow that they try to hold your money for five six seven sometimes even up to six months to a year depending on how long you bet look go to mybookie.ag use our promo code WayneIn in to get this little special feature of only having to bet your winnings one time on top of that when you use our promo code weighing in you get a little extra spending cash courtesy of john and i okay they just uh we just bonus you up in there from our sides we do that no we don't do that but they take care of you guys for for listening to our podcast. We want to thank you guys so much. And mybookie.ag, use our promo code Wayne.
0: You know, I I looked at this fight, and I was very impressed with the way that Jan maintained distance for a lot of it. Dern had her takedowns at times. And when she got the fight to the ground, here's the one thing that I really saw, Jonathan. This is the, the difference. She's going for the submissions so hard that, Jan is not truly protecting herself from damage. She's just turtling up, balling up, getting tight, creating situations where, you know, she's S-crossing her arms and, and when Dern goes after it. Dern is using a ton of energy going after the Kimura grip. We, well, we all know, look, the Kimura grip, you're trying to get that arm out. It takes a lot of strength. There's strength involved. Now she gets it. And she gets it right near the end of the round, and so she loses it based upon the round ending and stuff like that. But I'm looking at this and, I, and I'm hearing people talking about oh, she's, she's gotta learn how to wrestle better. She's gotta learn how to wrestle better. I don't I don't think she does have to learn really how to wrestle better. She obviously that would help. I'm, you know it's always good to learn and become better at things. And she needs to learn and become better at everything. She's obviously she's one of the best jiu-jitsu stylists in the women's weight classes there's ever been there's a couple of other ones that are there I and mean, we talked about that before but she, her, her you know her background there and her skill set is at the very top of the the class but and you know this and people don't get the fact that ground and pound is a skill set unto itself
1: fedor Emelianenko. Um,
0: boom there's Ooh. one right there okay and, they, and there's been you know Several, but ground and pound is a skill. People think that you can just get on the ground and start throwing shots and they're going to land and it's an easy thing to do. It's not. It is a skill set that you need to learn. And I'm being honest when I look at McKenzie and if she would be able to have a better ground and pound game and go after someone like Jan sometimes instead of going after the submissions, do things that damage her put her in positions where she is getting beat up badly, big-time elbow strikes, hammer fist at times, different things, that would help set up her submission game and it would come much easier. And it's the only thing that I'm, I'm looking at. Yeah, obviously anyone could learn how to wrestle better unless you're Jordan Burroughs or or Kyle Dake or somebody like that. But the one skill set I think she needs overall, someone needs to really work with her on her ground and pound attack. She she goes after it at times, but she goes after it with, you know, it's not that effective, and then she goes right back to her submissions because that's where, you know, she's gonna end this fight, and I don't blame her at all. Uh, the, the last thing I'm gonna say about this, again, Jan fought a very technical, tough, you know, through very beautiful uh, strikes with, you know, the, the low kicks that she was throwing, the oblique kicks that she was throwing, all of that to keep a distance, a range, Her jab was on. I can't take anything away from her. But I do think that that last round was a 10-8 round. There's no way in the world you can have somebody like McKenzie have somebody on the ground putting them in positions of danger, at times doing a little bit of damage. And this is where I'm talking about that ground and pound would have helped. It would have shown more damage in the round, but it was still a 10-8 round. And, you know, there's a thing going on in Las Vegas, you know, because of certain people with the UFC that complained. And it is almost impossible to get a 10-8 round there now, which is Mm. bullshit. That last round should have been a 10-8. One judge did go 10-8. He was right. It was a 47-47. It should have been a draw between those two fighters. But Dern ends up with the loss. Two of the judges went, so it was a majority decision. Okay. I mean, I'm not, it's like, is it a robbery? Not a robbery, but I do think that last round was a 10-8. Do you think it was a 10-8? Can I rebuttal? I'm oh, not rebuttal. Yeah, 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 I, yeah.
1: I, I have questions. I have questions for you because this is, this is why people love our show, John, because you bring this type of knowledge to the show. And I got to be honest, man, as a fighter, I thought that it wasn't a 10-8 round only because she didn't do enough. The, none of the submissions were super close to the point of almost tapping, face was red, and obviously there was no ground and pound. So, if I do agree, if the ground pound was there, it probably would have definitely leaned me more towards the 10-8. But none of the submissions were like she had to roll through to escape. She, the guillotine was so tight she rolled to her back and then fought it off from there. None of those submission attempts were there. She was really just on top, holding her down.
0: Yeah, but she was putting her in compromising positions. So you know, sometimes you're not going to get that finish, and you know and. No, but none of yeah. them were close. That's my my
1: point. Was none of them were extremely one of, close, one like of panic them was mode when she
0: when she went into the arm situation. Jan was in trouble at one point, and her, yeah. and Mackenzie's hand slipped off, and it's like it's right there. But she had so much offense, mm-hmm. even though it didn't you know what didn't get the submission. Jan had zero until the last part of that that round. She had nothing for four and a half minutes, basically zero. Mm-hmm. So you got to look and go, man, you had, you had no offense. You were defensive the entire. Was that round like the rounds that Jan won? No, it's not. Yeah. And you know you got to look and say, man, I'm sorry. There was domination of the positioning. Was there not? No, there was. Did she dominate the positioning of that fight?
1: In, in, in that round. That round. that, round, that yes, the, the fifth yes, round. Yes, absolutely. Dominated. She did the same thing, I believe, in the second. She did the same yes, thing. Yes, she
0: did. Exactly. And did she have it for a duration of the round? Yes, yeah, she had it for the whole round, pretty much. There you go. All you need is those two. You don't need all three. You don't need to have the damage because there wasn't really the damage. You're right. But if you can say, I have those two and it was substantial, you can go 10-8 with it. And that's why I say, I think it was a 10-8 round. Too if much... You- of offense from one and no offense from the other. I like the
1: way you're scoring things because I wish you would have been a judge when I fought Benson for that first round. <laughs> 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 I want to go back to that. No, look, you, um,
0: you do. You do wish I was because <laughs> yeah. I'm judging as I'm reffing. I'm kind of judging. <laughs> um,
1: it was. It, I I I think that you and I are aligned on some things. <clears throat> I said I don't know if you listened to the show after we filmed it and dropped it, but I said. I feel like she needs to work on the wrestling because it's very it's very stiff and it's she puts a lot of pressure for her to get it on the ground. She doesn't, she she just sticks with that one thing. She doesn't work from body lock, single leg to double leg to body lock to trips. Like she doesn't work to those things. I and mean, no. she had the single leg hiked up to her armpit several times and then just let it go. Like she, she doesn't
0: know what to do there. So There's an, the ability to chain those techniques together is not there. It's no, it, it's not. And, and, and that's like, I, you know, that's what I'm saying is I'm not saying she can't be better at wrestling. She can yeah. But she does get the fight to the ground. Mm-hmm. But when it's on the ground, she shouldn't be having to go any farther because she's got that skill set with her submissions. But at times she's so submissions, you know, heavy in that she everyone knows, oh, she's just she's going to go for the arm. She's going to go. for And so they all start to tighten up. And if you don't have to worry about someone damaging you in those positions, it becomes more of a grappling match. You know, it's not an MMA fight. It's a grappling match. And I don't get damaged. This is good because all I have to do is hold on here and there's going to be a time limit. And with gloves, it makes it much harder to slide your hands in, to pull your hands out, all of those things. And I'm just looking at her and when I'm watching her, I'm saying, man, damage her, damage her. And she's not. And I'm like, someone needs to really talk to you about your ground and pound because if she had an effective ground and pound attack, she would be making those people turn to the position she wants without having to work hard for it.
1: Yeah, like with Naaman Gracie, he, he's very good at that, at making, forcing people to move in the position he wants. Now, she there does you. a good job of that, but when people realize, like you said, with like the, the S arms, just kind of holding her position, not allowing her elbows to get away from her body, yawn, she did a great yep. job of defending, but when you don't have to worry about being punched in the face, then that that's what leads to you go ahead and just lock your hands up yeah, like that. I can put my hands like that. I'm not getting damaged here at all. I, I thought I thought that the there were several times where McKinsey had her back and had her flattened out and just kept trying to chase the neck. And Absolutely. That, that you just reminded me of that would have been a perfect opportunity for just go for the Soften flurry because she'll roll and give her she doesn't want to get hit like that, flattened out. She'll roll and expose her neck and you could try and get it from there. It's just understanding. But John, you we've talked to, not us. Everyone talks about the fact that you start hitting a black belt, they become a white belt real quick. Sure. And and with Mackenzie Dern, when she's on top, it's that because people are not getting hit, they can defend and stay with her. But we, if they do start, if she does start opening up on them, she's going to be so far ahead in the scrambles in the tech in the technique. That she'll catch them a lot easier is the, the what the transition will be
0: so yeah. easy for her to move into what she's good at. She's going to catch exactly what she wants. I, it's the one thing element that I'm looking at her and I'm going, man. Someone needs to really just, hey, we're going to work on ground and pound, and we're going to when we're when we have an opponent doing this, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it, and just figure out where your strength is in that ground and pound because again, it's a skill set. It is not something that's easy to do. You need to learn how to properly, you know, work a ground and pound attack. But if she does, I think it's going to open up her game a ton.
1: Yep, I would have to agree. Like I said Fedor Milenko oh. made a fucking living off of his ground and pound. Was some of the na- it was I think it's the nastiest I've ever seen him on. Oh, it wasn't,
0: dude. He yeah, used to hit I, people so hard on yeah. the ground yep. that they would turn from guard. <laughs> it's like. Yeah.
1: Who's another guy that you've seen do ground and pound that was su- just as sufficient
0: or close? Well, you, you know, when you look at the, the, the guy that they, you know, called the godfather of ground and pound was Mark Coleman, Mark the Hammer oh. Coleman. And if you were talking about old-time rules, especially yeah. with the headbutts allowed, look at Mark Coleman would headbutt you to death. <laughs> you know, he would, someone would try to hold his arms and he would take his head and slam you continually with his head to the point you had to let go. And so you look and you go, Well that was a the guy they called the, the the godfather of ground and pond. And he like he made he made a, a hell of a career out of it for a while until we changed the rules on him. But you know, he was fantastic at it. Tito you know, was good me. at it. You gotta give Tito. Tito had his own yeah. system of doing it. Everyone talks about Tito and says, oh he didn't pass guard. he didn't want to pass guard. He wanted to be in your guard. He wanted to force you to the cage. He wanted to use his head to pin you down and he wanted to elbow the shit out of you. Work for him. Work for him. You
1: know, I think who's not – maybe we just forgot about him. He doesn't get enough mention in terms of his ground-up pound. There's two guys, actually, especially in the Pride era, was Sakuraba and Shogun Hua.
0: Shogun Hua was – had some nasty ground-up pound. I
1: mean, you look at what what Sakuraba did to the Gracies with the ground-up pound, threatening the submissions, all those things, but he was nasty because, you know, you could step between the body and stomp the body, kick the face. You could do all those things. Shogun had some nasty stuff. He was the first guy I'd ever seen – like stomp all the way through the guard, through the legs, up to the face, and just start stomping people. That was like holy shit! Aren't you worried <laughs> about leg locks? He didn't give a shit. He
0: yeah, didn't give a shit. There was no about worry about leg, leg locks. locks. No. <laughs> uh, all right, Randy Brown took on Francisco Trinaldo. You know, in watching this fight, man, Tr- Trinaldo is amazing. He, he's there are those few people, Yoel Romero being one, Trinaldo being another, Randy Couture being another. Very few people can can maintain speed and everything that they're, you know, came with as they get older. Trinaldo still can. The guy can fight. Randy Brown, when you look at his size and his length for this fight, you know, I thought the, you know, as the fight started, I was thinking, man, you, you need to use an oblique kick. And then he started using one. It's like, okay, there you go. It's a range finder. It keeps him at distance and everything. And you're looking at everything that's happening in this fight, and you're saying, Randy Brown, you need to get rid of this man. Randy Brown, you need to get rid of this man. And he's not. And he's playing, picking the mat, range and everything, and you can't do that with a guy like Trinaldo. And that, look at the third round. Definitely Trinaldo's round. He came out, he won it. Obviously, Randy Brown wins the fight. But Randy should go back and look at that fight. I think Randy Brown's a fantastic fighter. And I think he's got a, a, a big upside but that was a great fight for him to learn getting a win. You could learn a ton from that fight about what's going to make you better as a fighter. Because one of the things that really happened is he got tired. Yeah. He got tired in that fight and that's facing an old wise veteran fighter, very strong, still has power in his hands and you're going to face these guys. You know, these guys, as you go up in that weight, you know, category, as far as the rankings, these guys are going to be there and, and, Randy Brown, I think, is a fantastic fighter with a ton of God-given natural attributes that make him very difficult to fight. But Trinaldo started to show a couple of things in there that makes it to where you go, that's a place I will attack him, that's a place. And everyone's looking for that blueprint on how to beat you. So you've got to up your game from this. I think Randy Brown will, but it was a nice win from him.
1: You can't afford to leave guys, just real quick with uh, Trinaldo. You can't afford to leave guys around in that that third round. Guys like Ronaldo will find ways to make it a dirty, gritty fight. And I'm going to go back to the Bellator fight real quick with Spike Carlisle, the way he did with Damorette. Left him oh, around, yeah. couldn't get him out of there. And then just, you know, it was, and you know, biting him in the ass. And then AJ yeah. McKee, he looked great. You know, AJ did his thing, whatever. But it's like, you got to be careful with those guys like Spike. And same thing with Ronaldo. You got to be careful with those guys like <laughs> Oh, Ternaldo. yeah. So,
0: yeah, that's true. Uh, Ronnie Barcelos against Trevin Jones. I've known Trevin Jones for a long time. He used to be uh, at remember PXC. Mm-hmm. He used to fight out of PXC in Guam and stuff. And I would go and referee there. And always thought, man, this kid is just an athlete. He's talented. He just doesn't have everything that you're looking for as far as he's not putting it all together. And I'm watching him against Barcelos, and I'm thinking, what is it that he needs to do to to you know get this? Because Barcelos is we know really good wrestling you know Brazilian national team on wrestling outstanding black belt in jiu-jitsu stand-up was is decent and that was the real the the difference maker for me Trevin was not able to take advantage of his speed and athleticism in the stand-up area the way he needed to to keep Barcelos off of him you know this was just I look at styles and matchups and I go this, this fight was made for Ronnie Barcelos to do well in, and he did. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He got in tight on him. He took him down at times, and once it was on the ground, you could see the difference in levels as far as what they were doing. It wasn't that he could get rid of him, but you could see that he was a step ahead through most of it and that Trevin was having to work very hard to keep up with him. He did that. But not enough to be able to win the fight check out if you guys are new to, to
1: our show we'd like to drop a lot of history stuff just check out if you want to see a very similar fighting style look at fedor Emelianenko when he fought murko krokop he stayed right close to him so he couldn't launch the head kick and he just got into his grill made him fight off the back foot made him uncomfortable the whole fight
0: pressure pressure
1: and that's exactly what barcelos did to, to jones yeah, very similar, very similar style. But yeah. that's a good good correlation to try to look at that fight, look at this fight, just different body frames. And at the time, Merkel Crop was just murking people. Oh, dude, he everyone That's fucking
0: everybody. <laughs> yeah, nobody was staying in, Nobody was making it through the damn fight with him. So yeah, but uh, but really, you got to give it to Barcelos. He fought a great fight, did exactly what he was supposed to do, and a very good game plan against that you know co- uh, competition. So. Great job by him. Yusuf, that was fast. Yeah. I was like,
1: well, I was <laughs> like what was are you going to say? I had nothing to say either. I was like, ah, that was great job.
0: <laughs> <was> uh, like- <laughs> you know, hey, you, sometimes you just look and you go, that's how it's supposed to be done. Yep. You know, the guillotine was tight. It was on. <laughs> great job. Uh, I thought Mike Davis against Borishev. Mike Davis, just a, a, a dynamite athlete. But he should have gotten rid of Borashev. Again, the same thing you're talking about with Trinaldo, you're leaving a guy who, in a certain range of the fight, you're giving him a chance to have another opportunity against you. You can't do that. You got to get rid of him in these situations. And I thought Mike, I thought Mike was going to get the submission. I thought he was setting up the arm triangle. He was trying to set that up at times. Switch into another attack though. There's other types of chokes. There's you know windshield wiper chokes. There's all kinds of different things you can do. Quit going after the same damn technique every time. And that's really where you look and you go, man, you got to open up. You got to open up that toolbox. I know you know other things. But sometimes when you're in there and you're feeling things, it's like that's the one thing that you, you know, have in your mind. I can get this. I can get this. And you just keep on going back to it. And it's not going to happen. You know, you know, even though that one time worship you know, they said, oh, you know, he's answering the phone. That's not going to stop a good arm triangle. You know that it's if someone understands the squeeze and you have the right squeeze and everybody's squeeze is different and it's, it's hard to understand until you have experienced all of a sudden you get an arm triangle from this guy and you go, yeah, that's tight. Yeah, that's really good. And then this guy puts one on you and you go, Holy shit. The top of my head was getting going to blow out. It just, you can feel the difference. And, and all of that is based upon an understanding of the technique and where to place your body and how to angle it the right way and how to squeeze in and pressure your weight into the opponent. When you get someone that gets to that point where they're putting their hand up like that to stop it, you should be finishing that fight. And so Mike Davis got the win. He deserved the win. But he shouldn't have had to go to a decision. Just should not have had to go all that way. And yeah, so a couple of the fights in the prelims, I really would like to talk about God damn Daniel Santos. I thought he was out of that fight. <laughs> I thought he was done. Holy but Jesus, oh. Castaneda had him in trouble multiple yeah. times. Tough, tough dude came back in and here you know, they said, "Oh, you know, he's recovered." No, he had not. Okay, yeah, he was cuz he had trained so much you look but no, he was still hurt and then he got hurt again. Cassadena kind of blew his wad a little bit, you know, going after him and stuff. You can look at it and say that, but it was the toughness of Daniel Santos. And one of the things that you you look at in that is when, and we talk about this all the time, you cannot expect to just get rid of a good fighter all the time. It's not going to happen. Okay, and so when you put that in your head, I got him, and then you, you don't, and all of a sudden, everything you're hitting him with and nothing is ending up putting him away. No matter what, in the back of your head, you're going, holy shit. He, he's not stopping. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I just hit him with my best shot. Holy shit. What am I going to have to do? And that starts to play against you. Because no matter what, the mental side of the game is so important. And it's almost 100% is what I tell people. Yes, you have to have the physical. Yes, you have to be able to do those things, and you have to be that person that has, and the more physical attributes, the better. But, man, the mental game is everything. And I, and I honestly look at that fight, and I look at Daniel Santos, and I say, that dude was mentally tough. He kept coming after him. He kept getting hit. He kept getting hurt. He kept getting back up. He did all the things that we look at and say, man, that's a mentally tough guy. And I look at Castaneda, and it's not that he was mentally weak. It's just that... He expected someone to finally fold, and it didn't happen. And when it didn't happen, it took away part of his his heart. It was like, oh, man. And he just, he was tired, and once he was tired, he was done. He was like, I don't know what to do.
1: Ryan Scope, Peter Queeley.
0: Boom, exactly. exactly. Got to think
1: about these fights. Go back and watch that fight, a very similar situation.
0: I dropped him with the head kick, hits the ground. He was in, on. he had Queeley out of there, out, and when out of it there. didn't happen, and all oh. of a sudden Queeley got up, he was like, Oh my god, He's what so do bullshit. I do? <laughs> eh, so you shit. can't have that, man. You got to just have it in your head. I'm just gonna keep hitting you until you goddamn fall. And if yeah. it takes one, great, if it takes a hundred, great. I'm gonna keep going until it happens. And that's all you can tell yourself because if you get it in your head. I, I'm going to put this guy away with this shot. And then when it doesn't happen, it's not good for you. There's I tell people all psychological differences.
1: As a coach or as a training partner, this is why we fucking hit all those mitts. This why I do all those bag exercises. This why I run all those hill sprints. So Seth. when I when, when the guy doesn't go down after 100 shots, I got 101 for you. I got 102 for you. You got to have it in the tank, man. You got to just remember that you got this you got to keep going and he just didn't he, he shut down like yeah oh, man I'm yeah it
0: happens so, you know you gotta be, but hopefully he'll learn from that and it's just part of you know the whole maturation John, of a fighter i yeah. have a question though do you learn from it or you should.
1: are you always that person no you're not always that, that a, person. That was a question for myself as as a young fighter, right? And I said this with the uh, Hermes Franca fight. Everyone asked me, like, "Hey, what's the most? What's the fight that you remember the most? That you feel like is the most memorable for you?" And I've said this, I've told this story a couple times. It was the Hermes Franca fight. Yeah. The first first round, I dominated.
0: Because you'd round never been in trouble in a fight.
1: Yeah. The third round, I got dropped early, and then he beat the shit out of me for two and a half, three minutes. You know, and I got up with like a minute left and tried to put it on him. But it was for me. I always wanted to know if I was a quitter, and so I always wondered if people that are like that that ha- that have the ability to be the nail or be the hammer, be the hammer. But when but when they turn when they ha- when they done being the hammer and they don't have any gas left, is it? O- are they always that way? Can you get that out of them?
0: <clears throat> it comes. It comes down to the you know. Was, I think it was Vince Lombardi said. You know, fatigue makes cowards out of all of us that's true you know and look when you are butt assed beat tired and you you feel like i can't lift my arms everyone wants to quit everyone wants to not everyone does yeah. that's the difference
1: and that's what i'm that's what i'm wondering you know like you wonder if can you work yourself out of that
0: i think you can i think it's something like it it, it, it <laughs> there's different levels of mentality And when we talk about fighters, and we'll say, very mentally tough fighter, very you know, a weak fighter, a mentally weak fighter, and we know those, and we, and some of the, when we say a mentally weak fighter, we're talking about some good goddamn fighters. We're talking about people that made it to the top of the food chain, but we know mentally you're weak, Mm -hmm. and we know of people that mentally, you know, unbelievably strong, not physically gifted really at all, but so mentally strong. That they just beat people because they believed and they knew and they never quit, and you look and you say, "Can it change?" And I can tell you, yes, it can. Not in everybody, yeah. but yeah, it can. You can learn how to become mentally tough because not everybody is off, you know, straight out of the you know the gate. It's something that no no different than learning specific techniques for fighting. There are people have to learn how to mentally be able to stay within the fight and stay strong. But once they do, you look and you go, uh-oh, you got trouble. And I, I'm i being honest. You know, I take a look at Charles Oliveira. You want to say that guy that, you know what, yes. At one time, people could say, oh, he broke. He doesn't break now. No.
1: You're, you're this I'm not saying that purpose. because of anything.
0: I'm being honest. He's the best example I can give for a guy. Take a look at his recent fights. He could have broken a lot of them. Justin yeah. Gaethje put him on his ass, right? Chandler put him on his ass. Chandler puts him on his... Everybody's put him on it. Dustin Poirier had him hurt. Put him on his ass, yeah. Okay? All of them. And you can go back to earlier in his career, and a lot of people will say, oh, he, you know, he was broke here. Okay, maybe he did. But he doesn't now. I think so a lot it, of that has it, to do with the difference. weight cut. I think that portion of it has to do with the it weight might.
1: cut. Because I, I feel like the fatigue of that, the... He wanted to do it. He just... His legs and his arms and the... And remember, when he was younger, he was a, he was a fucking... Submission chasing son of a gun. Yeah. That guy was everywhere. Not not of these any not much different now, but he has also learned how to slow it down and really control the top position instead of wasting energy doing the McKenzie Dern, chasing the submission the whole time and and blows <laughs> losing, losing the position, blowing his wad, not being able to get it, then getting tired, yeah. then you know ended up in those positions. So yeah, I I do understand what you're saying. Fighters, I feel, ha- they they can it can probably be. Knocked out, not say knocked out of them, but it, I think it can be cardioed. I think it can be cardioed out of them. Yeah. I really, I really honestly believe anybody that is willing to like take their body to the point of vomiting, throwing up, absolutely really breaking themselves down, understanding like, Oh, after I throw up, it's okay. I'm fine. I can go back. Actually, I can go right back to work. Oh, you mean I'm not going to die? There wow. You go. Yeah. And that's kind of the mentality you need to get into people is that look, you might have been tired. You could have tried to circle and stay away, but instead you stood, you know, it's like you went right there and you ended up, you just buckled up and like with Peter, with uh, Ryan Scope, he just sat to his, he sat to a knee, like basically sat down on his butt against the cage. He was like, I'm done. Yeah. He was like, I'm done.
0: But okay. You were what I called a cardio athlete. Mm-hmm. You were a cardio fighter. You were a guy who used cardio as a weapon. Okay. Josh, you got tired in fights. Everyone, everyone gets tired in a fight. I don't care what kind of cardio conditioning you're in. If you put out enough effort and energy and volume during that round, you're going to get tired. The The thing that being that cardio monster does for you and being the guy that works to the point where you're throwing up and then you're saying, I, okay, I can continue to go is just like you're saying. You go and you throw up and then you get back on it. Okay, I can still go. I'm not going to die it's what that round and that break in that round does for you because your heart rate is way up here. But in that one minute at a time, your heart rate drops 20 beats less, more as far as dropping down more than theirs. That's a huge difference. And you know it, and then you go back, I'm good. And then you just continue on, and you get tired again, you get another break. But it's that mentality with it that's part of becoming a mature fighter.
1: Yeah, everyone talks about second win. I mean, I've, I've felt it. You create a second win. You create a second win, but then I've also created a third and a fourth win, like depending on how long you're on the mitts, on how long you're doing. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Absolutely. I mean, if you guys go back and watch my Tony Ferguson fight, it was not a pleasant fight for me. And I was exhausted in that fight, exhausted. I took a lot of damage in that fight. Um, but there was never a moment in the third. I was like, I'll just give up. Like, like it just, and I'm not talking about my mentality as much as I'm talking about, I felt like I could go co- I could keep going. I yeah. felt wobbly and shit. Of course you do, but it was that I've done that several times of to the point of being so exhausted in sprints and runs. I mean, Frank Yeager will tell you a story about him and I. I hadn't really been training. I went out there to help him train for the Benson Henderson fight, the third one and, uh, third one, no, second one, second one. And, um, we're running. He He's like three weeks into his camp. He's a little better shape, obviously better shape than I was. We're doing his workout in New Jersey. We're doing these little hills. And I, I'm on like the fifth one. I thought we were only doing like, you know, okay, but they were longer than I thought too, by the way. And so I get to the backside of the hill on this one and I... Kid you not, I throw up projectile forward and it kind of hits me back in the face coming back. Oh, and yeah. so I had to stop, but it almost hit him and he's like running. He's like, Hey, 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 he like, look, he's running. He's like, Oh Whoa. my God. So he just kept, I kept running. I said, I got to stop and just threw up. He's like, Yes. Yeah. So, but I walked back down to where he was and up finished up two, I did two more after that. But, but it was just funny because you, you got to push yourself to that level. But it was hilarious that you just, it, it keeps coming
0: yeah <laughs> everyone's gonna throw up man oh, look there's a point man. it doesn't matter anyone can yeah. be pushed so hard in a workout or in a fight you can throw up that's just part of man. it but it's understanding it's not the end it's okay
1: frank shamrock frank shamrock was notorious well, for that he used to throw if up you, on the
0: mat right next to him
1: he'd be rolling he's and disgusting. he'd go over and he'd throw up and he'd, he'd scoot everyone away from where it was he's like, I'll clean it up later everyone just go back to training it was like no big deal <laughs> i have a question though on refereeing I know if they throw up while the fight is going, it's over.
0: Over. Yes.
1: Yes. If they throw up between rounds, it's okay. In a bucket, it's fine. Yes,
0: Yes. in a bucket. Okay. Yeah. Don't you can't you cannot throw up all over the the mat. That now we have to stall the fight. Nope. Yeah. Can't do that. But if you throw up in a bucket, it's all good. Got it. Got it. All right. Is there any other fights on this card you wanted to talk about? You know what the the Joaquin Silva versus Jesse Ronson was a fight. If you're looking at. Ronson won most of that fight and definitely lost it. Okay, and when I say that, this is what happens when you got a guy. He's doing really well, but the the key moments of it, look, he won that first round, Mm -hmm. right, until the very end where he didn't Mm -hmm. because he was winning all of that up to that point with a good volume attack, but then he got hurt, and he got dropped, and Silva wins that round based upon he almost finished him in the fight. He was definitely hurt from that shot, and you look and you go, He probably lost 15 seconds of that first round. Brutal. He lost that and then comes, come into the second and he got, he got blasted and stuff. So, you know, but not very nice. You know, this is where you look at someone, you tell Joaquin Silva, Hey, very, very, uh, structured attack, very calm attack. You just did what you were supposed to do. You didn't worry about all his stuff. And when your opportunity came in, you hit it. Very nice job. I thought Brendan Allen looked very good. Man, his transition on the ground was beautifully done. And he was quick to jump on that neck. You know, Jutko is not an easy fight, especially on the ground. He's got a good ground attack. Brendan Allen looked very good. Brendan Allen's one of those guys, man, you you really... I expect big things from him now. You know, he's had a couple setbacks, but he's maturing as a fighter. And I will say that I think that his time now at Kill Cliff, Look, he's getting better. He's going he's gonna to be a force in the middleweight division. Are there people that can beat him? Yeah, I think there are, but he could beat those people too. Yeah. And he is he is becoming more educated as a fighter, and he's fighting smarter, more tactically. Just everything about him is looking better, so I thought that was a very good fight for him. I said Big this win. the
1: other day on the podcast, full disclosure, for some reason, because I didn't get to watch some fights live, I had to watch them afterwards because we were gone. Yeah. I came back, I even right now, I tried it at probably about f- at 2 o'clock today, uh, Pacific time, I try to watch it, and that's the only fight on the car that's not available on ESPN. It just really? says, sorry, video not available. That's all. And it just gives me a uh, circle with an X on it. It says, video not available. So I haven't seen the fight. So yeah. I'm glad you covered it because no, I have no idea.
0: He really looked good. Yeah. He really did. So
1: I, I saw a highlight, and that
0: was it. That's all I could see. And the rest of it, I didn't get to see anything else. So yeah. Anything else? Nope. Sounds good nope. to me. All oh, right. they, you know, one thing? They were saying there was going to be Latifi's last fight. If it is, congratulations on your career, brother. Uh, it was a, a nice win at the end to get out of there, and you, you had a good career, and uh, good luck with whatever you do. I did all that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there we had the Bellator from Long Beach, California. God bless America. Patricio Pitbull Friday against Adam Borch. My man Josh Thompson called this fight perfectly. He said oh, that. I got some love. Frayde I got, got, some, love I got some love. He said that you know what, Frayde is a different animal than anything that Borch has dealt with, and it's just going to end up being too much. He's going to end up not being able to do the things that he's done with other fighters, and that's going to play into the whole game and the mindset. Said it perfectly because it really was the difference maker of. Adam Borch was in shape. Adam Borch has the advantage in a lot of areas. And when he got hit by Pitbull just a couple of times, not seeing the counter and getting a clean shot from him, it altered his ability to be offensive. All of the combinations that he had been throwing in his prior fights went out the window, did not occur in any fashion. He kind of gave up on the low calf kick. Nothing there for him to be able to really, you know, set his game up with but he kept going after the flying knees. And one of you know one of my keys to victory for, for Pitbull was hey, on the flying attacks, make him pay. Because you know they're gonna come and when they do, you make him suffer and he made him suffer on every one of them. The first one he hit him with the he hit him with a left hook, mm-hmm. a la Fedor versus Andre Arlovsky when he was up in the air He didn't knock Borch out, but he definitely hurt him, put him down on the ground, hit him with a clean shot. And for every other time, dumped him over, caught him in the air, put him on the ground. And he had to sit there and say, you know, was it great wrestling? It wasn't great wrestling. It was grappling. And he just used jujitsu to control, to use some ground and pound, and to just systematically win round after round after round. And maintain his title. He, it's not. It wasn't exciting. I'm going to say it right now. It wasn't an exciting fight. But if you look at what Pitbull was facing and the way that you would say, this is your way to win the fight, he did the perfect thing. I thought it was a great performance by him based upon the opponent that he had and the way that he dismantled that opponent. You can't ask for anything more. John, winners do what? Win. They win. They find a way to win that's, that's what he did
1: that's it's. it's like look you and I were talking about this off camera and you know all, pretty much when we got into Long Beach we sat down had a coffee over several times and discussed it was that Adam Borch has all the tools to be the champ he's fast yep. he's quick he's long he's tall he's lanky he's got he's got great power he's got all those things he doesn't have patricio power but he's got power you know he's a very talented fighter he's hard to take down all of those things he's all of those things he's not bad on top either. He's a really, really good fighter. He's dangerous and he's young. You know, what I mean, I know he's 29. To me, that's still young. He's in his prime. He can make another run because in that list of, oh yeah, in the top five or whatever, he can beat all those guys. And so, Patricio's just at a different level. And I really, I really, I really hate to keep saying this. I there's no one for him to fight. Yes, there's there is. AJ, there's AJ McKee. There is. <laughs> you know, but AJ, I, I'm being honest. The way that AJ is filled out. And the way he still had cardio in that third round after the fucking pace that they had fought the first two, yeah, I don't think he's coming back.
0: I don't think he should.
1: I you think he should or he should? I don't think he should. Yeah, I don't think he should either. I'm yeah. like, just stay where you're at. Like, do the do the lightweight tournament. I think there's really hard fights in there for you. Sure, there is. Um, and but there's only one hard fight for him at one at you know at 145. That's Patricio. Yeah. You know, Adam may give him a little bit of a fit here and there, but I don't think so. I think AJ is going to be able to take him down. Yeah. And on top, AJ is going to be strong Beat him up. and just, yeah. Yep. And so it's going to be a lot. Like, I think there's Patricio and then there's AJ and there's the rest of the guys. And I like, I like all these guys. Mads. I like, I like Borch a lot. I like all of them. Uh, Pedro.
0: Cause they're all Pico, really good. Pico, obviously.
1: Fighters. I like all of them, but we're just, we're just talking about, I, you know, when we were talking about, you know, hey, you're going to go with Borch, I'm going to go with, Patricio or whoever's gonna go whatever it was.
0: Well that's T V stuff. That's TV stuff. That is But TV I was stuff. I was if you recall, do you remember when I said, All right, let I want to make a bet. And you and you kept going, No, 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 no. My bet was, and I never got to even call it out to you, but my bet was this I'll take Borch over Pitbull, but if it ends in a decision for Pitbull, it's a draw. Mm-hmm. Because I thought the one way that Pitbull does beat him is he takes yeah. him to five rounds. And he did. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, and I thought people would be able to drag it into the fourth and fifth round because yeah. I saw the pace that Mads and Borch were fighting in that fourth and fifth round when they fought, and I just knew that you were not going to get that pace done against someone who hits as hard as Patricio. Yeah, and so he just never, he never, he never believed in the fact like if I stand in front of him, which he shouldn't have, he would have probably got knocked out. So he decided to stick and move and stay on the outside, and he just jumped in and jumped out when he could. But then that also led to him losing the decision. Yep. Yeah. But but for me, Patricio needs to go to 35. If he's going to do anything right now, if he's going to do anything or just sit back and keep collecting money, that's what he can do also.
0: (laughs) That's what he's doing. I think he could go through it. Look, the one thing that he has talked about continuously from the time that I've known him, long before you know, I was working for Beltrand when I was a referee, he talked about the fight that he always wanted Mm -hmm. was Mm. Jose Aldo. And it was, I want to prove to everybody, not here. He goes, I don't care about here. I want to prove to everyone in Brazil. And I want the fight to be in Brazil. And I want to fight. And this is when, you know, Jose Aldo was with the UFC. And as a featherweight when it started, I want to fight Jose Aldo in Brazil to prove to everyone who's the best Brazilian featherweight in the world. And I was like, sounds like I would love to see it. But, you know, it could happen now. Yeah, I can. They released Could. some of
1: his contract, right? Man, I would he's, love. He's not that. tied in at all.
0: You know, they're both I, the same age, basically. Yeah.
1: The other thing too is that they, you know Jose getting away from his kicks. They're both they're both basically boxers that kick very little, and they both yeah. have power. They both got wrestling. Yeah. Uh, they don't use it nope. <laughs> really. I mean, you know, both um, both have
0: black belts in in jitsu. Not that they're guys yeah. that are going to go into you know a, a world you know Mundials and win it. They're not. But they both can grapple well and they both, yeah. you know, understand what's going on. But they both rely on their hands and they both rely on power. A little bit different in their application, you know, but I would love to see that fight.
1: I just look at Patricio, he's done everything in Bellator. He's done yeah. it all. And then I'd like to see him try challenge himself, you know, at the one thirty five pound. I just get concerned that the the weight cut will get to him. I mean he is. He said he's like, look, I'm not able to hold my muscle as much as I used to now that I'm getting older. He's 34, 35, I think something like that. So he's like, I haven't. He said that in the fighter meetings. He's like, yeah. I'm just getting older. Like my muscle doesn't stay on as much or as often. So I've got to, you know, spend more time lifting. I got to spend more time eating more food. So and I, we saw this. We used to talk all the time about Jose Aldo going to to 30 or to 55. 55. Because he was struggling to make 45. That's right. And then towards the end of his career, where did he go? Yeah. 35. You know so, when, when he
0: was with the WEC right at the end before they they you know absorbed them into the UFC he was having a hard time making 45. In fact, he had a hell of a weight cut problem facing Mark Hominick in that fight right. at 129. They were thinking he he might not make it and he was having difficulty. So there was a time when at 145 he was he was dying to make yeah. 145. Then made 135 easy. Nutritionist, bring him in. Mm-hmm. But but a great way, you know, Pitbull does what he does. The guy, you, There's nothing you can say about him other than that he's a winner. Yep, He's a winner. He finds a way to win. He fights smart all the time now. You know, when he was young in his career, I can point out moments. Look, this was dumb. This is stupid fighting right here. Okay? <laughs> and he had that because he had a chip on his shoulder. He was always coming forward trying to kill people. And then he figured it out. You know, he was a good fighter then. He's a great fighter now.
1: We call that little man syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) He's not a big guy at all. No, he is not. He is not.
0: But I'll tell you what, for a guy with no reach, what, 65 and a half inch reach? Come on, Josh. I mean, that's that's nothing. He controls the distance and range beautifully. Unbelievable that a guy with his reach does the things that he does. But that's what a good fighter does.
1: When you have that type of power... People are afraid to
0: they're afraid to they're afraid to enter that range. There. Yeah, that's true. So um, all right. Then we had AJ McKee against Spike Carlisle. <sighs> I just want to say this. We we you know, we talk about fight IQ all the time, and it's so important. And Spike, you had zero fight IQ in this fight. God bless you. I love you. It was fantastic. <laughs> Thank exactly. you for having zero fight IQ. You went out there and tried to put on a show, dude. You were freaking awesome. All over the place, and you made AJ work. And I, I gave him the first round. I gave Spike Carlisle the first round. He, you had AJ fighting your fight. Way to go. And then AJ calmed down, came out and did what he was supposed to do, and he won the fight. And that's what he was supposed to do. But goddamn, you know, and I talked to Scott Coker and I said, Hey, two fights now. Two fights. Spike Carlisle went out there. And he lit that crowd on fire. He made everyone go, "God damn, that was fucking fun!" I go, "That's a guy you can have fun making fights with because you know what he's going to do. He's going to give you everything." And again, and we we said it before the thing. And I said, I, th- "I said this is not a great fight for AJ. Spike is a very tough guy and a guy that does not get taken out of fights. And he hangs around and he catches people like you know. Look at when he fought damn Demaret." Dan won every bit of that freaking fight into the third round until he was unconscious, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, spikes now one and one in Bellator, but God damn, he came to fight and all I can do is say, man, hats off to you, brother. Just fantastic. Loved every bit of it. You were outstanding. And AJ, you know, after settling down, good job, did exactly what you were supposed to had, you know, a great performance after that first round, you know, It started, you know. AJ was talking about the, the, they did that little special they're showing as he's walking down the street. Oh, we used to fight in this alley. Well, that's what you were doing there in the first round. (laughs) You were fighting in that damn alley because you were, you were going out, you were, you were overextending, you were mad. He was like, you're trying to hurt me. And it's like, yeah, he was. He was trying to hurt you. And that's his job. And you know what? That's what this is about. But you're the one that's supposed to calm yourself down and be a technical fighter. And then you did. And so great way how
1: many how many times have you seen a fighter i use myself as an example my very first fight first mma fight was in uh in san jose at the arena i was clay guida and i lost it was yeah. for the strike it was for the strike force title da. it was the very first time they'd ever had a strike force mma event it was the biggest uh sold out arena in california biggest sold out 19- arena
0: in northern america north oh, America. northern
1: america man. Nineteen thousand yeah. eight hundred or something like that was the sold out seats um, how much pressure? I could talk about it all day. How much pressure have you seen other fighters go through fighting in their hometown? AJ McKee first fight in Long Beach. Yep. Family, friends, crowd went crazy. All of those things. How much pressure would you? Can you explain how much pressure he was going through?
0: Oh my not? God! You know, it's it's funny. It was, it's one of those things. At least when, and this is what happened with AJ in this fight. In my opinion, there's so many things that go on when you have the fight happening in your backyard because it's not only the fight itself it's everything building you know all the build up to the fight all the people asking you for things or aj's a friend of mine i can get his tickets all this you know and everyone's calling and everyone's you know asking for something that weighs on you everything the media starts to weigh in on you it's everything starts to just become hey let me just get this shit over with and then you know and i talked to you about you know your fight with clay the fact that clay was kind of pushing the envelope when it came to being fair in the fight and being grinding well all of it all of it kind of greasy you know hair products in his hair Mm -hmm. all of it ended up becoming something that you were thinking about up there instead of thinking about fighting yeah same thing with aj and this one in the start you know, but at least when you can get to that point where you get hit or something, like that, it kind of all kind of should go away. But in this situation with AJ, I looked at it and I said, because Spike came out the way he did as fast as he did trying to go after him, it was AJ kind of went a little bit street. He didn't fight like a smart MMA fighter in the beginning. I mean, he went street. He went oh, you know, and he started going. He overextended. He did things. You go, what are you doing? slow down. Just cuz he's going fast doesn't mean you need to go fast. You know, smart fighters fight smart. Don't let someone pull you out of your game and bring you into theirs. You fight your game. You don't fight the other man's game. And so but this is when you're taking a look, I'm looking at AJ McKee. Yes, super talented. Yes, he's got a great record, but still young and I think he's I think he's ahead of his uh age as far as fight iq and when he finally settles down in a fight i think he's very smart but he got pulled out just for you know that first couple minutes in that round he got pulled out of being a smart fighter and because of where he was at and everything i think it was like i got to show these people i'm you know i'm I'm, I'm not gonna back off of this that that played a part in it
1: yeah a lot of it is for young fighters is it the opportunity is aj was the better athlete by far the better, better aj was the better fighter Yeah. And so what he had to do is and I take it for what it's worth, guys, is if you're thinking about being a fighter or fighters are listening to this, like circle back out, slow the pace down. I I give an example is the is the BJ Penn and Carl Uno fight. Bj Carl Uno runs across the cage, jumps, BJ circles out, puts his back to the fence, just slowly tracks in, boom, boom, boom with the combination fights over 11 seconds yep. like slowing that pace down making them feel like oh i just ran across the cage and nothing happened shit aj instead circled a little bit stood his ground and just started throwing blows fire <laughs> like what the hell what <laughs> are you doing hell. you've got to learn from those because in any moment there aj got clipped you know twice in that exchange that first yeah. exchange and he you, clipped by it too that could be the one that yeah, could be that the could, one that put you out that could be it. So you've got you've to learn from those. And as much as I, I hate to say, like, ah, man, be smart about it, because it doesn't make normally for the most exciting fights. Yeah. And I'm saying back going, man, that was a fucking fun oh, fight. It was, great. Crowd, it was great. It was great.
0: Yeah.
1: It was great. But lesson learned. I think he learned a lot from it. I'm glad he got a win, you know, in uh, his hometown. Yep. For his home crowd. And it's not easy. It definitely isn't easy. So good stuff by him.
0: No, it is not. Jeremy Kennedy came out against Aaron Pica. Obviously, we had a, you know, I hate when a fighter gets in a position where he hurt himself. He threw a left hook. That dislocated his uh, shoulder. He was unable to get it back based upon the way it was not normal. It was not a normal dislocation. It's a different type. It's up on the top section. You're going to see that big bump come up. So, not an easy thing to put back at the time. Just... Look, at, bad luck. I don't think, first off, I want to say that Jeremy Kennedy came out and did exactly what he was supposed to do, okay? Don't take anything from Jeremy Kennedy in this. You know, he came out prepared to fight. I've never seen Jeremy Kennedy in better condition. Yeah. I've never seen him mentally better for a fight because this was the biggest fight of his career no matter what. He, he knew it. He knew what he was up against, and he did not know that Pico had hurt his shoulder, you know, as he was fighting. but. You know, he came and did his job. Aaron Pico, I don't think he loses anything with this loss. You know, it's an injury and it can happen to anyone. I've seen it happen multiple times, you know, in our sport. Guy throws a shot and he separates his own shoulder. Can't get it back in and the fight is called. You know, I think they're just going to put the fight back together. I think Jeremy and Aaron are going to end up fighting again somewhere down the road shortly. And uh, we'll see what happens. Go ahead.
1: I want to, (laughs) John. You know, you know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking here because they were trying to put it in, and they didn't get it in. We were talking that it was a broken clavicle, or was it, you know, a fractured or strained AC joint, or whatever it was. Yep. But it wasn't either
0: one of those things. It was just dislocated.
1: Yeah. Why would they not allow him to fight?
0: Because they told him put your hand over your head and he couldn't. Okay. When he when he says put your hands up and Aaron's going like this, okay. he can't do it. Is is that Pull where up. we're
1: stopping fights?
0: Yes. That's okay. Okay, be, based upon the doctor or the referee in the state of California, the doctor can call the fight. Doctor Kelly Kohler could have just gone, "Yep, yeah, you're you're out of the fight. I'm stopping it." He talked with the the referee and stuff in trying to allow the referee to have some play in it to say, you know, should, do you think, what do you think? But when you're looking at what the rules say, as far as the fight, you know, people think that, you know, all the time that, you know, Oh, you shouldn't have stopped that. The rules of the sport in like in the state of California, it'll have a very clear uh, line in there that if the fight becomes uncompetitive, how many fights have you seen that are uncompetitive? The referee can at, stop the fight.
1: Fuck mine and Tony Ferguson's. <laughs>
0: okay, <laughs> see, and, and, and no. it's true, you Mother know, and fucker. so <laughs> many, so many. But once the fight becomes uncompetitive, referee should stop the fight. And so as we, we, you know, we bend this all the time, saying, "Hey, he, look, the guy's fighting, you know," and that's really what we go off. He's fighting back, you know. I'm not going to stop it when he's fighting back. He's trying. Is it competitive? No, it's not. But he, he's trying. But when we have somebody that is in the position that Aaron Pico's in, is he going to be successful fighting with one arm? No. You don't know. Does he want to? Yes. No, we just saw that he wasn't. He wasn't able to out-wrestle Jeremy Kennedy. Come on. Let's be honest. This This comes down to one of those, you know, you can take and say a lot of things. In fights, and you can you know point out you know different fighters or anything like that. Give me the give me the best wrestler you know of in in MMA. Who is it?
1: It's probably Aaron Pico.
0: Okay, now could Aaron Pico go right now and compete with a Jordan Burroughs or a Kyle Dake or any of them?
1: No, because they're bigger. But I mean. You're right. <laughs> but
0: Tamezio, any of I mean, yeah, no, yeah.
1: he 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 would be all right.
0: He, he would he would be able to wrestle, but he's gonna get he's gonna get tooled up, because yeah, he's, yeah. that's that's not what he's doing. Yeah, and so you're taking the the guy that you're saying is probably the best wrestler, and I don't I, I think you're, you're probably it's either him or Henry Cejudo who is coming back. Yeah, right, yeah, Henry. Yeah. Henry for sure, but I'm saying yeah, but he's coming back. He has he's not fighting right now, but still, should Aaron Pico on any given day that Aaron Pico is healthy. And you put him in a wrestling match with Jeremy Kennedy. What's going to happen?
1: You should mop the floor. With Tech that. fall. Done. Yeah, he should. yeah,
0: Okay. And when Jeremy Kennedy's winning that, because there really wasn't a whole lot of striking, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of showing you, like, you take someone's arm away, it's not easy to fight. Okay. And, so and, I look, And again, it's about what damage did Aaron Pico take in this fight?
1: None. The shoulder.
0: That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I agree th- with you.
1: I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I agree with what your assessment is. I'm talking more about the rules. You're saying he couldn't eat the, the doctor or the ref stopped it because he couldn't lift his arm above his shoulder. That's okay, it. well, that was dislocated. If If a fighter has a dislocated finger and he can't make a fist, what's the difference?
0: No, no, no. Okay, and this is the truth. I've had too many. And I told. I, I was talking to you. I said, look, Yancy Medeiros was one of the first ones. You know, He, he dislocated his thumb. And you dislocated your thumb in the fight against Benson Henderson, and I let it go, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. And because you know I'm an animal, I'm a fucking savage, right? Exactly, dude. Just, you know, it was all (laughs) sad. The difference was Yancey Medeiros pointed the injury out saying, Hey, look at this. You never did that. You just kept fighting. And I told you in the back, and it was based upon the Yancey Medeiros fight Hey, if you break a finger, you break, you know, it's sitting across your hand and you want to continue in the fight. Just keep fighting. Do not stop and show me. I will see it, but I'll let you go on. If you want to fight to get it to the end of the round, get it pop back in by your, your corner or anything like I'll let that happen. But if you stop to show me, I've got to stop the fight. Okay. And the whole point is you're not going to be damaged by a finger really no no there's there's no arteries or anything around or anything that can be pinched off or any problems but if you can't lift your entire arm there's a problem there's a, just a big difference in it and that's why they didn't let him fight
1: yeah i mean, i know what you're talking about like with Minikoff. minikov his finger got dislocated Said yep. soma and he looked at the ref look at my finger and the ref's like okay fight's over yep uh I, yeah i understood that i got that part i was just wondering like if you're just saying because you saw it dislocated And the guy can't make a fist because, like, he couldn't raise his arm above Mm -hmm. his head. But if he just kept fighting, which he did, he finished the round. Had he not made such a big deal about it in between rounds? Like, if they Mm -hmm. were able to pop it right back in or... what would have gone on. But if... The other thing, too, is when he came out and he had his hands up in front of his face and he was able to go ahead and go out there and fight, they looked like they were ready and then he did this. Like, oh.
0: Yeah, he did. that's when the doctor
1: kid... I thought for sure he was going to be able to fight. But I look at it, too, like okay do you give like for me i'm like he wants to fight do you give him that that 30 seconds to see what he can do and i can't do anything okay done you don't you don't have that time Obviously
0: obviously not everything comes down to you also have to take a look at the other side are you being fair to both fighters because you're taking this time and they did take time to look at aaron And to discuss that is all time that you're actually taking away from Jeremy Kennedy because he's ready to fight. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's done everything right in the fight, right? And he's being held back based upon we have something wrong with the other fighter. We're going to see. I can't give him extra, extra time. Oh, well, you know, here, keep on trying to pop it back. You had a minute to pop it back in the corner. You were unable to do it and being the fact that you're unable to do it there, that means it's not gonna happen during this round. So again, you will yeah. be a fighter with one arm coming into this round, I'm not gonna let that happen. To- and like I said, I've had fighters that, you know, I've thrown the exact same thing, thrown a, a jab out, thrown a hook and dislocated, and I and I see that it's, and those that you could really see the dislocation, Oh yeah. and they're trying to, you know, pop it back, and as, if they're trying to pop it back during the fight, I'm not gonna stop it, I'm gonna try to let, give them time to pop it back. As soon as their opponent goes after him, and then they start to cover up, it, I'm going to take them out of the fight. You're injured. It's a self-inflicted injury. You're unable to defend yourself. Can't fight.
1: Interesting. All right. Well, I mean, I've had that before. I was sparring with Ron McCullough, Razor Ron McCullough down in. Yeah. The- the beach i threw a jab my fucking shoulder got dislocated and i was like, just, just hanging there i'm like oh this fucking sucks and then uh, i just was able to turn my wrist a little bit and it just <laughs> scooped back into it well
0: see and that's that was the part you know and i was i was looking at, i have a friend who's a pa joe hamilton great guy and he's got this way of popping shoulders back in and it's a rotational yeah. thing yes you don't it is. pull it's
1: not a pull and it's, it's not, not an a upbeat. pull
0: it's a rotation it's a... i'm like man i wish they understood you know how yeah. joe because he sits there and you just take your arm and it, your arm's almost up in it as he's tor- and and turning it, and all of a sudden you watch it go plump right back in, and you go, damn, that's a whole lot better than when the way yeah. they did mine because they were pulling like this and twisting. It was like horrible. So yeah, all I did was I just grabbed my
1: hand like this by the fat part of my hand. I just turned it and twisted it this way and it just sucked right back in. Yeah. So it just has to do with how you rotate it, I think. And I was trying to do it with my arm straight because it was fucking painful. Yeah. <laughs> and I was- <laughs> all right, any
0: other fights on here? You know what? I got to give credit to Juan Archuleta. I thought he looked so good in that fight, dude. The, like, it, it, we we talk all the time about footwork and lateral movement and the way to create angles in a fight where your opponent is in a position where you can hit them with shots and they have no way of coming back and hitting you with that counter based upon <laughs> hitting you with a counter. You want to watch what we're talking about? Go back and watch Juan Archuleta against Enrique Barzola because he was doing that to perfection. It was fantastic. I was freaking just sitting there going, God damn, I love that. That was a beautiful exhibition by him. I thought Barzola is a guy tough as nails, came after him, but just a beautiful Juan Archuleta at 135. I don't you know. There, it was a 141, but. He fights better at one at that weight class, Bantamweight, weight, than he does at the other weight classes. He needs to stay there. Yeah. It'd be foolish for him to go up to forty five or fifty five. I mean
1: I mean look, if if Patricio's gonna leave forty five and AJ stays at fifty five, I say go up. Yeah, that's fine. If, yeah. You know, because as long as Patricio's there,
0: it's gonna be another two or three years, I think, before uh, that if, yeah, if, if he just If Patricio goes down to Bantamweight or finds one, I, then yeah, go up to featherweight. Yeah. He can compete with everyone there.
1: I wouldn't mind actually seeing them both fight at 35, to be honest, because their first fight, I know it was very one-sided by by Patricio, but I'm saying that it was at 35. We don't know which Patricio is going to show up because it's the first time we've seen him there. Will that weight cut be a difference? But he's not going down there to fight one. He's going down there to fight for no. the title, and he deserves that. Or- Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be Pettis or whoever wins the the Grand Prix. I think he fights Yeah, I I actually kind of think he fights the winner of the Grand Prix finals. And sounds good to me. We'll see. Yeah, sounds good. Anyways. He and you say he'll just tell him bring the Grand Prix belt too, (laughs) because I want that thing as well. (laughs) Um any what other fights on here that you want to give some mentions to? I gave a little
0: love to JJ Wilson. I thought he looked Uh, good. I thought he did too. JJ fought good. Give it to love to Samiko Inaba, great, but Lance Gibson Jr. He uh. deserves, dude. The the kid, he's an athlete, man, and he's got good wrestling. He's got good stand up. His ground game is outstanding, based upon he's grown up with it with his dad. You know, his dad. You started with it. You know, remember, freaking Matt Hume and AMC Pancration there up in Washington. That's where he learned his whole trade. And man, his son's been doing it since he's a little kid, and he's freaking good at it. And uh, he's seven and zero now. Yeah, but they do need to continue to amplify the uh, the skill set of his opponents as it goes up. But mm-hmm. he's looking good. He's really yeah, I coming. Up. I was surprised.
1: I was surprised he got taken down so easily. He got body locked. He got taken. He got lifted and taken down. I was surprised yeah. by that because he's a strong. He seems <laughs> like a very strong fighter. Oh, he is. And the, his legs were obviously strong. The way he slapped that triangle on,
0: he sucked him it, in. What,
1: yeah, he just yeah. sucked him in by squeezing his thighs, and it was like whoop, it was yeah, good, it was in goodbye. quick. Yeah. So, and then I thought I thought the same thing with the Naba. She 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 fights really well. She's very strong. She's got good power. She throws combinations, but she stops sometimes the combination one or two strikes before she should stop. Yeah. She lands it clean and then she backs away. It's almost like she's afraid to get hit back. She's, we know she's not afraid to get back because she's been hit and then she's came yeah. back and knocked people out. But it was just one of those, one of those fights where you could have got her out of there several
0: times and yep. it didn't happen. So uh anybody else? Same thing with Bobby Saroneo. Could have gotten him out of there, didn't yeah. happen. But you gotta, you gotta make those things happen. You're staying in there with a guy that can be dangerous. That's is somewhere along the way that's gonna backfire on you. That's that Trinaldo and Brown situation. Same exact thing. Yeah.
1: All All right, right. and then now what?
0: Throw that away. That's good for us Throw that away. Oh, Angela (laughs) Lee against Jinan Zhang. I I know I'm saying that wrong, but Zhang, (laughs) man, Zhang is an animal. She is strong. She is physical for the weight class. I mean, just, I love Angela Lee, and I think she's a fantastic fighter. And she had one, you know, this was the... The third match, the trilogy match between the two, one and one apiece. And you just got to give it to Jean, man. She deserved that fight. She's a bully. (laughs) She just, at times when you thought maybe Angela could, you know, catch her. at, No. Too physically strong. Too mentally tough. Just just had, in her mind, I'm going to smash you. Yeah. And it's really what happened in the fight. So good fight, great win by Jean. And then Fairtex was a stomp. Fairtex, she okay. was, uh, uh, Fairtex. She, uh, she had a really good fight. I thought fought well.
1: She just looked physically a lot bigger and stronger yes. than her opponent everywhere. Tell and me about it, was it. Just like oh my gosh. So all right, well hey, that's gonna wrap up. You know what Somebody's that is, fine. right? Yeah, it's no. my phone.
0: I'm trying to turn that damn thing off. So.
1: It's uh, Bellator. It's, it's Bellator.
0: <laughs> oh, then we had big Ben Roth. Well, I love Ben. Look, I think he's, he's tailor-made for bare knuckle. This is the perfect thing for him because standing Ben's always had power. He's always had hands. He doesn't really mind getting hit. It's guys that take him down are the ones that end up beating him most of the time. And no one can take him down in bare knuckles, and he can explode. I think Ben's got a, a second career here. I think this is going to be a good thing for him because look at everything, straight shots. Straight shots, straight shots, straight shots. Six-second knockout, however many seconds it is. Frickin' beautifully done. And uh, they're going to get some great highlights as far as all the the uh, WWE moments that Ben will bring into the bare knuckle because he he plays that part well.
1: Yeah, I feel like certain guys, their life after MMA this is a perfect opportunity. Mike Perry yeah. being one. Yeah, I think Rock Mike
0: Perry is the other guy. Perfect. This is a perfect fit for him.
1: I think Derek Campos yeah. I, think, I yes. think he'd be a perfect fit for this. Know, too. There's certain guys. Brandon Gertz you know uh, he's talking about I think he's coming here or he is doing something like this so that's going to be good. I think there's a lot of fighters you know I think yeah. Chapman is we're going to see how he does but he looked good his first fight so. God damn he looked some, really good. Yeah.
0: And anyway, but you wouldn't think that because Chad comes from a wrestling background. Chad is yes. a hell of a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got power. All right,
1: Podcast Dave, what else you got for us, buddy?
0: We're going to wrap up this episode no, here. So, you no. guys make sure you jump on to the next
1: one. You did a great job, buddy, holding it down all by yourself. You did a great I job. I wasn't by
0: myself. I had you all the way, baby. Thank you for helping.
1: Well, I, I just, got a little bit of just I got, handing I it used, off. I use Podcast Dave every once in a while, too, because I start running out of words. I feel like shit. I feel like I've been talking so much. Uh, Look at mouth's getting dry. <laughs> like,
0: I don't know what to say, No.
1: I want to let everyone know, hey, go ahead and check out the next episode, which is dropping right now, or did already drop. Yep. So, as Podcast Dave would say, go to waningpodcast.com pick some of our merch. And on top of that, make sure you guys smash that subscribe button, man. Hit that, that, that subscribe button. Also, hit the uh, thumbs up so you know when these shows drop in the future as well as the bell. Get the bell and the thumbs up. All right. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to us. And, John, take us away.
0: For everyone out there, I apologize for uh, being held up. It is not me. I am not the one doing this. The airline is trying to get rid of me. And it's coming (laughs) close to actually happening. But, no, I apologize for not being here. I am trying. And uh, thank you for sticking with us. We will see you.